Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So is the baptism, in our question series, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for me? You may be seated if you promise not to get too quiet. Now, I will tell you this. This is a very uh, teachy, very, very teachy um, series. And so I really would love for you to take notes um, because these are, you know, I, I get a lot of questions in this area. So I want to answer the questions, plus I want you to. I want you to know how to answer them. So I would love for you to take down uh, notes, and, and, and even if you've got it all figured out, maybe we might tell you something you hadn't heard, or, or maybe you, can, uh, you could probably do as good a job as me, but I, I would love for you to just try to write some of this down. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is one of the steps to take in obedience to God's salvation plan. And God's Word promises the Holy Spirit to every single believer. Everybody can have the gift of the Spirit. Everybody can have the gift of the Spirit. So I'm going to try to make this super simple, not because you're not intelligent, but because I want to, um, I want to try to make this where a child even would understand it. So the first thing I want to do, I want to break this up in in, in Parts and number one is the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was prophesied. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was prophesied. It was prophesied first by Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied about it in Isaiah 12, 1 through 6. I'm not going to give you all the references that I have, but just trust me, I have them, okay? Uh, Isaiah refers to the joyfulness of this experience as drawing waters from the wells of of salvation. So this is Old Testament text talking about the Spirit. It was also prophesied by Joel in the Old Testament. Joel foretells the outpouring of the Spirit upon all flesh in Joel chapter 2 verses 28 through 29. But most importantly, it was prophesied by Jesus Christ prior to its outpouring. He prophesied, he Jesus promises in Acts chapter 1 verse 5 he, it, Jesus promised his followers that they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit shortly after his ascension into heaven. He said, it's, it's coming. It's coming down. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So next thing I want to ask is, what is the Holy Spirit? What is it? What in the world is all of this stuff? Now, some of you were raised in and around the Spirit so you understand a little bit about it. And I say a little bit because nobody's conquered this subject because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big thing. You may have some Bible knowledge, but you haven't maxed out all of what the Spirit can do in your life. And I think we're all trying to reach for that and grow in that, into that. But what is the Holy Spirit? It's called the Spirit of God. And Jesus spoke of being with us and also being in us. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God coming into our lives. That's, that's, a, that's just a beautiful thing. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever offered to the church and ever offered to man. It is an amazing gift that he gives us. I, uh, I, I, love, I love gifts. I'm, I'm into gifts. Uh, how many of y'all are into gifts? And the rest of y'all are not telling the truth. Uh, so y I, thank you, Phyllis. Terry was not telling the truth, and she raised his hand because she know that boy happy about some gifts. And so, uh, you know, on, on, on Christmas morning, I mean, you can, time you wait 25 days, if you wait 25 days. At our house, we don't even wait 25 days. The anticipation gets, gets this building. And, but if you do wait 25 days and you keep rattling the package and by the time it gets to December the 25th, it can be a pair of drawers and you're excited. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're like, I have waited on this. This is a gift I'm excited about. And you can be, because we love gifts. And God Almighty gave a gift to the church. I love to that it's referred to as a gift. 
It's something that we get to have. It's the gift of the Spirit. The prophets of old inquired about it in 1 Peter 1.10. The angels, listen to this, desire to look into it. They, they can't have the Holy Ghost. They can't have the Spirit, but they desire to look into it, 1 Peter 1.2. But you and I, the church, can actually have the privilege of receiving this incredible gift of the Spirit. To be baptized with the Spirit means to be born of the Spirit. And it's sometimes referred to as receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's all in the same. But it's when it, the Spirit takes residence up inside of your body. And I love in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, we get a great reference of this about it coming into the body. And it starts off in a question. And so it works great with the question series, right? It says, what? What? Like, it, it's almost, when it, when it says this here in the text, it's almost like, you don't know this? Come on. You've you got to know this. What know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? You got to know that. You got to know that. Through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, a person has direct access to the, these attributes. And these are all good attributes. And that is power, love, and a soundness of mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 fleshes this out. It says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Turn around to somebody and say, The fear on you is not from God. You need to, you need to t tell them that again because they really need to hear that. Say, The fear is not from God. You need to make sure you get that because every one of us, how many of you have felt fear in the last month? Some form of fear. That's not of God. I said, it's not of God. So I don't care what it was about. I don't care what it was saying to you. Sometimes fear comes in a lace trying to be spiritual. But I'm going to just tell you, it's not of God. It's not of God. It's not of God. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. But listen to what he does give us. And that is power. Power. I'm going to explain what power that is. Power, love, and a sound mind. If I have ever seen a generation that needs a sound mind, it's this generation. If I've ever seen a generation looking for power, it's this generation. And if I've ever seen a generation that really needs to know what pure and true love is, it's this generation. Guess what? I welcome you. I hand you through the power of the name of Jesus the gift of the Spirit of the Lord. He will give that to you. He will give that to you. What do we mean by power? Acts 1 and 8. Like, oh, mercy, my Bible. I need my Bible, Dina. Go on my desk, grab my Bible, bring it back here, and be my Vanna White today. <laughs> if you don't know who Vanna White is, I just showed my age. Man, that, Vanna ain't got nothing on her, Jack. Come on now. Come on now. I'm talking because she needs to get back real quick. But Acts 1 and 8, I'm going to read to you, and talks about power. In fact, uh, it talks about the fact that the power, when it comes on you, when it gets inside of you, it gives you this crazy, awesome power. And the power that it gives you is to become a witness. That you go forth and become a witness. People say, well, what kind of power are we talking about? I'm talking about a power to become a witness. So when the Spirit of the Lord gets on you, I believe, I believe when you come down and receive the Spirit, the first thing you want to do is go tell somebody. Is that all right? Dina, you're awesome. Would y'all give it up for my good-looking girl? I don't always refer and do it like this, but I thought I'm just going to read a little scripture out of the wood today, right from my Bible, if that's okay to you. But you shall receive Power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. When are you going to receive power? After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then the next part of this says, and ye shall be my witnesses. Can I just stop right here and say, we need a, we need a, even in the spirit-filled churches across America, we need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you why. We're not carrying out and being witnesses. 
And we can, we can speak in tongues and we can get all fired up in church and we can sing great songs and I love all of it. But if we keep it all in here, we're not exercising the power that is invested in the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, this. In other words, this. When you get filled with the Spirit of the Lord, you, you ought to not be able to shut up. You ought to have a good good dose of wisdom laced with it, but you ought to not be able to shut up about the goodness of what it's done in your life. How many of you, how many have been filled with the Spirit and it blessed your life and spoken to your life? Come on, come on, come on. Oh, you're in the church, at least witness in the church. Come on. How many have been filled with the Spirit and you're happy about it? That's awesome. That's awesome. Let me tell you something cool about this. Is this, this is in Romans 8 and 11. And I'm just going to run over there and read that, Romans 8 and 11. And it says this. Check this out. The same spirit that was in Jesus, when you're filled with the Spirit, you get the same spirit that Jesus had. Listen to this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, if that is true, and it dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I like to say it like this. When you're filled with the Spirit, and I'll put it in our terms, it's like God puts in a magnet in your spirit that when the dead in Christ shall rise, there is something in you that just like Jesus rose from the grave, you're going to rise and you're going to be received back into glory. Somebody shout out amen about that. So who can have the Holy Spirit? Who, who, can, who can have the Holy Spirit? The prophet Joel prophesied centuries before, and it shall come in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Joel 2.28. Peter preached about it on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 39. We're asking who can receive this? Who can receive it? Let's, let's, let's look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. And this is right after it was poured out. And I'll read that other text, that famous text here in a minute. But I want to read verse 39. This is right after it was uh, people, uh, right after Simon Peter preached. The next part of the Simon preached, he said this. For the promise, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, is unto you and your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as our Lord our God shall call. Somebody say, it's for everybody. Peter, uh, people are still receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and speaking with an unknown tongue. The word tongue comes from the Greek word, which is called glossa. Glossa, as is, de as is defined as a naturally unacquired language. It's a language that you have never been taught before, but something that begins to come on you and speak it. By the way, by the way, we don't teach people around here how to speak in tongues. I just want to let you know that. That, that has become something that uh, I, I remember even when I was young on television, they were telling people if you say these things real fast, you'll speak in tongues. You know, tie my bow tie. Yeah. No, that, that's not tongue. That's called tie my bow tie. Yeah. And if you say it real fast, you'll sound like you're speaking in tongues. Can I just tell you something? We don't manufacture rain around here. Is that all right? I've got a, I have a sprinkling system in on my, at my house that when it's not raining enough, we turn the sprinkler on and it waters the lawn. We don't have sprinkler systems here at the church. The only water of the Spirit that flows in this house is when the Spirit of the Lord comes in the house and pours it out on people's lives. Glossa. It's an unacquired language. It is something that comes from heaven. There's nothing spooky or mystical about this. I do understand if you come from a background that you've never heard about this, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough thing for you to swallow. I get that. I really do, and I'm trying to be sensitive to that. But I, I know it's hard to understand. In fact, believe this or not, there is one particular type or style of denomination, which I am not going to mention who that is because I don't cut down other things to make ourselves look bigger but what I'm trying to say is there is actually a group of a, a, a very large group that say that speaking uh, in, in another tongue and being filled with the Spirit is demonic. I don't, 
You know, we're always against what we can't control or what we don't understand. And so if we can't control it, if we can't get it in our little religious box and figure it all out, a lot of times we're against it. And that's the way we are in a lot of things in life. But I'm going to tell you, just because you can't control the spirit doesn't mean that it's wrong. In fact, do you all remember a few weeks ago I sat right there and I went real uh, teachy and I told you and divided out how the Bible's laid out. Y'all remember that? Anybody? That's a good time to say amen. amen. <laughs> That's all. Uh, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is what? The Gospels. And then we move out of the Gospels. Jesus has had death, burial, and resurrection. And in Acts, we find the birth of the church. So if I'm going to try to find out how to be saved, I look in the book of Acts. It's the birth of the church. Every denomination I know, every religious group that I know that's Christian says, because it's just theological sense, uh, that, that the church, the New Testament church, was born in Acts. Well, if that's the truth, how can I nullify the outpouring of the Spirit? It is all up in Acts. I would have to, like, cut out the new birth experience. I would have to cut out the, the, the whole beginning of the New Testament church to say that the Spirit of the Lord is not real and it does not fall on people in the way that it did in the book, did in the book of Acts. So there's nothing spooky or mystical about this. So just because you don't understand it, please, please, please don't leave out of here today and say, that was really weird because I don't understand it. Guess what? Welcome to God. There's going to be so much about the power of God and the glory of God. If you really invest and jump in, there's going to be so much about it that you don't understand, and you're going to have to ride something called faith. And welcome to the faith journey. It's simply a spontaneous and natural part of being born again. And so let's talk. The primary purpose of tongues, the primary purpose of tongues by the way, tongues is not the spirit. Tongues, the primary purpose of tongues is an outward confirming sign of the infilling of the spirit. The tongues is not for the Lord, it's for you. So why in the world would I fight against a sign, something that the Lord has given to you to let you know the spirit has come in? It also serves as a notice to the devil that you have yielded every part of your life to God, even, the Bible says, the most unruly member, and that is your tongue. And so at the point of this infilling, he gives you something. He says, you know what? The tongue can't be tamed. Every beast of the field, everything can be tamed, but not the tongue. But when my spirit, at this new birth experience, when you're born again, and this process of being born again, I can do something you can't. I can control your tongue. Now, what happens is a lot of people resist the tongue because they don't want to lose control. Now, I want to say, stop right there and just say this. By the way, when we say be filled with the Spirit and, and, and you're, you know, this, this tongue thing is going to settle on you, people go, oh, my goodness, what's it going to happen? Am I going to pass out? Well, I, I, I did. I, I, I've been in church since I was... Uh, well, I received the gift of the Spirit when I was third grade. Now, if you've had this happen, I don't doubt it. I'm not against it. But I'm just saying, I've never passed out. I, I'm the guy that when you come down and pray for me, I'm going to put a leg back just to make sure you're not going to push me over. <laughs> now, I'm not saying anything against it. I'm just, when, so I'm not, I, I, you know, <laughs> we grew up, Justin may know a little bit about what I'm talking about. People get fired up in the kind of churches that maybe some of you were raised in, and they, they get so excited, they take off running, put holes in walls and all this stuff. That's just, let me tell you what that is. That's ignorance to the horse's bridle. That's ignorance. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. <coughs> People say, well, I'm one of the ones that put a hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we still love you. Just we, we, we just got these walls fixed, and we'd really like for you to keep them that way. Is that all right? Is that okay? Man, that's good preaching whether you like me or not, all right? And I think some of the way that we've responded, we've, we've let our emotions, and you should let your emotions get involved, but we've also kind of lost our mind in the process, and the Bible talks about our zeal burned us up. 
And I think that's one of the things that's happened to the church. People really want this spirit. I can see it because the power of the spirit of the Lord is being poured out like I've never seen it in my life. I'm talking about some of the largest churches in America that used to be anti-spirit are preaching spirit all the time. All the time. My son is in a, in a college at the second largest church in all of America. For Easter, they had 50,000 people. That church, when you're in there on Sunday, it is a spirit-filled church. I mean, the spirit of the Lord's poured out. I, I'm not trying to act like all of this gives us reason to say that it's believable. The Word of God gives us reason that it's believable. But I also went to Gateway, which is one of the other largest churches down in the Dallas area. I have never been in more of a spirit-filled atmosphere as I was in that as they begin to sing. What I'm telling you is this is not across the tracks anymore. This is not crazy. It is the fastest growing thing in the world. Why? People want power. People want love. People want a sound mind. They want something when they come to church. They want, well, well that's for all the uneducated folks. Really? You going to play that card? Come on. This is, this is open. This is what Paul received it. One of the Greatest writers of the best-selling book in all the world. Filled was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ was filled, I mean, excuse me, Mary was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. All of the disciples were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. How about you? You want it? So, it serves as a notice to the devil that you have yielded every part of your body, even the most unruly member to the power of the Spirit. So let's talk about this. How important is the Spirit? How important is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And this is a great text for you. If you're taking notes, if not, you need to take notes. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8 is a huge text, and I am going to, instead of reading it, I'm going to explain it, okay? As one old preacher said, I'm going to explain it to you. So this, this, is, this, is, what we're, this is what we're going to do. So Jesus is, is talking to a guy by the name of Nicodemus. And the Bible says Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. I like to say it's the first Nick at night. <laughs> and Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, and when he came to him, he said this. Jesus was talking to him and conversing with him, and, 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 and Nicodemus says, what do I need to do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, you must be born again. And just like me, I love Nick. He says this. He said, now, Jesus, because this is, this is the way we, we flesh this stuff out, just the way Nick does, did. And he said this. He said, Jesus, how can I get into my mother's womb for the second time and be born? I mean, is that a, that's a good question. How can I enter my mother's womb the second time? Now, how, how can I be born again? If, if this is what it takes, <laughs> is this what it takes for me to make it to heaven, how do I do that? And Jesus is like, no, no, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. He says this, and he's about to flesh it out. He said, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. There's a two-part of this born-again experience. There is a water birth and a spirit birth. So you ask, how important is this? Jesus says, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. That's pretty important, right? He says, this is it. It's how, it's how you do it, Nick. You've got to be born of the water and of the spirit. There's a water birth. We call that baptism. When we place the name of Jesus on our life, I don't understand why it's such a big deal to Jesus for us to go down in the water, but it all has huge symbolic to it that when I go down as an old man, I repent of my sins. I ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins. I'm saying repentance is I'm turning away from my sins. That's the first thing I do after, do after I receive faith. Lord, I, want, I, have to faith, I have to have faith in the process. I have to faith in the word, but then I repent of my sins. Lord, I'm turning around from my ways. I'm, I'm doing a turnaround. I'm doing a 360. I'm going all a, a, what a 180 or whatever it is. And, I, and then the next thing is, is that I am to be baptized. In other words, it's the washing away of those sins. So all of those sins that I've asked the Lord to forgive me for, 
then he washes them away, and at that point, we place the name of Jesus on you. So what we say is this is exactly what I say when we baptize. Upon the remission of your sins and belief in the word of God, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. And so that water birth, in other words, this, the Bible talks about this, you go down, you're going down into a watery grave, the Bible talks about. In other words, you're going down, the old man is going down, and a new man is coming up. It, doesn't that make sense? I think that's so huge. By the way, if you have not been baptized, not been baptized, stand up, Kevin, please. You can come see this guy today, and he will sign you up, and we will dunk you in the name. And so, by the way, when we do dunk you in the name, we're going to give you a free T-shirt. I mean, that's pretty cool right there. we got to get some more T-shirts ordered, though. We lost them in Harvey. So, Harvey, Harvey ain't going to steal our glory. We're going to get us some T-shirts. All right, some folks last week didn't get T-shirts. we got to get some T-shirts. Hey, by the way, we're going to give you a T-shirt, and we're going to put you down in the water. Now, when we put you down in the water... We're not going to sprinkle the top of your head because that, that's not what the Bible says. It says you must be baptized. The word baptized is the word baptizo, which means by immersion. So you can't have a baptism and it not be by immersion. People say, well, I was baptized by sprinkling. That doesn't make sense, and I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying baptized means by immersion. So when you are baptized, you go down into a watery grave. You say, well, I don't know if I'll take a guy to do all that stuff. He didn't ask you to do much. Is that all right? He didn't ask you to die for your sins, hung on a cross, climb a mountain on glass, pay for your sins. No, he, he just says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to turn around. I want you to repent. I want you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. By the way, I want my name stamped all over you. People say, well, I'm going to fight against that. What's the big deal about saying the name of Jesus? Well, dear goodness, you say the name of Jesus about everything. You say the name of Jesus over your tacos when you pray. Lord, thank you for my tacos. In Jesus' name, amen. Why is he good enough for your tacos and not good enough for your spiritual life? Man, I'm having more fun than I should have. So the Spirit of the Lord was included in the salvation message Jesus told his disciples to preach in the Great Commission Scriptures. When he's ascending, he tells his disciples to go and preach this. And he put it all up in there, repentance, baptism. And he said, go to Jerusalem, and the promise of the Father is about to meet you there. He's talking about the Spirit. Now, I want to go in, and I know I'm being real teachy and talky, and here we go. But I, I want to I read about the first time that it was poured out. And where do I need to go to read that? Acts. Very good. And so we're going to go to Acts, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I want to look at this text. <clears throat> Here we go. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. What does that mean? Anybody, anybody, let's say this way. We get hung up on names and, and labels and churches and we get people come in here and they go, do I have to be Pentecostal to be saved? Now, I'm probably going to offend some people here, but just, just work through it and be filled with the Spirit today and it's going to be all right. <laughs> do I have to be Pentecost to be saved? Let me tell you what the word Pentecost means. The word pente means five and cost means to the 10th to the power. So he's saying this, Pentecost is, means 50. Well, I have to be 50. I called my buddy Clint Sylvester last night. Yesterday he turned 50. I said, well, about time you get some Pentecost on you. <laughs> he become officially Pentecost yesterday. He's 50. I'm working hard towards it. Some of you way past it. Some of you are not there. One of these days, you're going to get to be Pentecost. <laughs> Pentecost means 50. Five, zero, 50. What does it mean 50 from? It was a feast that the Jewish people had called the Feast of Pentecost. It was a one-day feast. They had a lot of feasts. They all meant a lot of different things. But the Feast of Pentecost was 50 days from Passover, or 50 days from the resurrection of Christ. You will always know this. 
and it's on your calendars at home because it, 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 they put it on calendars called Pentecost Sunday. What does that mean? It's 50 days from Easter. So 50 days from Easter is Pentecost. That was this feast that they had, and it has a lot of representation to it, and I've taught all that before. But so let's read. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, what does that mean? It was 50. It was the day. It was that 50th day. It wasn't 49, so it was fully come. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's not a religion. That's not a denomination. None of that stuff. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. By the way, if you walk in here today and, and you're Baptist and you're Episcopal and you're Methodist and, and you're Catholic and all, did I forget some? Pentecost. I don't really care what you put name you put on it. We get hung up on that stuff, and it's dividing the church. And hold on, listen to this. People are not following some very basic biblical things because they're saying, my denomination says this. Can, when you get to heaven, you think when you walk in, Jesus is going to say, mm, which one are you? <laughs> yep, what I thought. <laughs> Uh-huh. Wait. No, he's looking for the magnet. He's looking for, did you obey? Y'all are going, where do I buy that magnet? No, that's, it's really not a magnet. It's because you're obedient to the word. I love Brother, brother uh, Gary in this church. is definitely full of the spirit. The reason why I know because he's a huge witness. And, and he goes out every week to our first-time guests and brings them bread. And they love that. And he walks up and he hands them the bread and, and, they, and, they, and they get so excited about all those different things and they, they love it. They love it. I love it. And they often tell him this. Now, this is what happens when you're touching the real world. They say, we loved your church. We loved the worship. The pastor was very good looking. No, they didn't. They, I'm sorry. They didn't say that. They didn't say that. But they said, the pastor, uh, we really enjoyed the message. We loved your church. We want to come back. But we are, bing. but we are, bing. and y'all are, bing. so we can't come there. And I'm, and Brother Gary just destroys it. He just destroys it. Way to go, Brother Gary. He's got great stuff. He says great things. And he says, you know what, Brother Gary does? Now this will really mess you folks up. He says, well, I'm also, bing. And I'm not being. And I love that. See, I'm not, not labeling all those or naming those because you're going, I, I was wondering what you were going to say. No, no. He, he, he's not saying, he said, I was raised this way. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. I want to know this. Are you a Christian? Are you following the way? Now, I do understand if you're an old-timer, that really goes against what you're, because you were thought, if I'm not Pentecost, or it's, if I don't label it that, I'm going to hell. Let me say this. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. When we say we're Pentecost, it's not a denomination, it's an experience. That's what we're referring to. So when we say, our, you know, we don't like to label ourselves. You, you, you don't hear me say a lot about that because I like to really focus on the thing that we're Christians. The Bible said they were called first Christians. And so they didn't always raise a banner and go, hey, all the Pentecostals come in the house. We started that in the, this new age. And so if you really want to be a biblical church, they're called Christians. They're called people in the way. And so in that, is that okay today? Yeah. If I'm offending you, please just stay with me, hear me out, and, 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 it's, and we're going to stay in the book. Is that all right? You want me to be a Bible preacher or you want me to be a denominal preacher? I'm going to stay in the Bible because if you get me off in denominal, I'm going to tell you none of us are going to measure up. I'm going to just tell you right now. We ain't going to measure up. I don't care what brand you are. We're not going to measure up. Now, do I have leanings towards the Pentecostal faith? Absolutely, because the Pentecostal faith is the one that preaches, for the most part, this stuff on a big basis. We preach 
uh, we preach baptism of the Spirit, baptism in the name of Jesus. We preach those things, so we have Pentecostal lean. So if you call yourself Pentecostal, man, that's awesome. I do too, and I appreciate it, but more than anything, before all that, I'm a Christian. But if you walked in here today and you're Baptist, Episcopalian, all the different brands and all the different things, God bless you. Welcome to Parkway Life. Now let's follow the Word of God. Is that cool? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap for free. And by the way, if you're one of the other brands and you come in here today and you don't agree with us, teach us what you know about the Lord. I don't know everything. I'd be a fool. A fool is the one who says he knows everything about God. I've had all different kind of people teach me. I go to conferences with my mouth open where people of different faiths teach me about the Lord. And I'm going, I've never heard it on that wise. And it's biblical and it's, it's straight from the word of God. Don't ever get to thinking you've got the corner on the market. It's one of the most dangerous positions of the church to think you've got the corner on the market because I find people that think they've got the corner on the market have gotten lazy serving God, quit really pursuing God because they don't think they need God, and they've got the corner on the market, and God's going to choose them no matter what. That's exactly the same thing the Jewish people did, and they missed Jesus. That was good right there. So, Man, and when the day of Pentecost, oh, yeah, that's right, that's where we're at. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. There's so much in that verse right there, I, I, I can mess you up real bad. Because when the day of Pentecost was fully come, has so much meaning into it. It's talking about it got to the 50, but it, it's so much bigger. My dad in, in Bible college and theology taught two weeks from that part right there. That's how much is linked in there. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. And that's, that's a, a car, a Honda. And they were all in... <laughs> One accord and one place, and suddenly there came a, come on, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It was a sound, the spirit, something moved in the room. That same something moved in the room when we started singing a few minutes ago. So if you're going, I have never seen that. Well, it just happened a few minutes ago. And the, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Sitting. I really like that part. Because we, we think we've got to be just sovereign and flipping and all that stuff. They're just sitting down and just filled with the Spirit. All right, here we go. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Not fire, but like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. Somebody say, Everybody. And they were all, all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with, an other, with other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave them utterance. Is that good or what? So after receiving the Spirit, that's in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. After receiving the Spirit, Peter immediately began preaching to the amazed onlookers. I mean, you got to imagine. This was just poured out for the first time and they're going... They got that emoji. It looks like some folks when they first come to our church the first time and they feel the spirit. They got that emoji, okay? And so Simon Peter has to be the dude that stands up behind the pulpit and begins to preach what about what they just received. He begins to explain it. It has to be Simon Peter because Jesus told him, Simon, upon this rock I will build my church, rock being Peter. Peter means rock. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail it. I'm going to give you, Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Simon Peter has to be the one that stands up and preaches because God, because from his, his, his pants is hanging the keys that, God, that Christ Almighty gave to him. He grabs the keys, stands up, and I'm saying this symbolically. They weren't literally keys, but they're the, what he's about to tell you what it takes to get into the kingdom of heaven, all right? This is huge scriptures in the New Birth Church. And so this is what he says up, and he begins to explain it. He says this, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. I already preached to you about that, right? Repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of your sins, or the washing away of your sins, and ye 
shall, something's going to happen to your life at this point, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, you've never heard this preach, and I've never preached it, and I didn't know I was going to preach it now, and I could get myself in trouble, but it's real good. And you shall. I don't know exactly what the word shall means. And so all, some of us have the Spirit of the Lord touch our lives at the point of baptism, and there is a sign that takes place in our life. I've seen other people take five years. Some take ten years. I don't know what the word shall means, and neither do you. But shall may have a different meaning. In this church, we do not try to say that we ask that you have a one-stop moment, but it's a process. Is that all right? That's very different, I know. And so we're of, the, we're of the belief that when people walk in this room, if it takes them 30 minutes or it takes them 25 years, it doesn't matter to us. I don't know what the shall is in your life, but I'm just telling you this, it's for you. I've never preached that, but that's good stuff. It is for you, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise like you mean it. Amen. All right, I want to read some more text. It, it fell in 8. It fell in 19. fell in different times. And when you hear chapter 8 of, of, of Acts, don't think that was just a few days from Pentecost. That was eight years from Pentecost. And first, pretty much you can look at it like this. Acts chapter 2 is when it was poured out. If you look at Acts chapter 8, and you can flesh this out, be a theologian looking at it. Acts 8 is almost perfect that it was eight years. That, the chapter 8 doesn't mean that. Chapter 19 was almost 19 years from the original pouring out. It's so close that it's not worth fleshing out. It's 19 to 20, right in that area. So what I'm trying to say, this is way, this is many years past the first outpouring. Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 19, it was poured out. The new birth experience was being poured out for the first time. So I'm going to jump to Acts 19. It was 19, approximately 19 years from the original time that was poured out in chapter 2. And I'm going to read to you. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus, all right, and found some disciples. This is so big. I saw this a few years ago and got so excited about it. He found some disciples. Everybody say disciples. Disciples. These are people that love the Lord. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit when you Believe. Somebody say they were believers. They were disciples, followers of Jesus. Can I just stop and say this right here? We do absolutely do not discount anybody in this room. When you walk in here, I don't care how you walk in. If you are a sinner, you have never walked in a church or you come from whatever brand or whatever, I, I could care less. I'm just telling you this. I, just like the disciples, the, the, the apostle here, am walking through your life and saying this. You're a disciple already. You're a believer already. I'm not discounting where you are in God. Well, no, I, I don't want to go there because they don't even believe I'm a believer. Fooey on that. I don't know who told you that, but I sure hope they weren't from Parkway. We believe that you're a believer. We believe that you're a disciple. We're, I have met come in contact with people who have not yet heard about the Spirit of the Lord that I've found to be some of the greatest believers I've ever been around in my life. Come on now. Some of the greatest disciples of the Lord, some of the people that, that I look up to that their walk with God almost intimidates me. They're so awesome. It happened that while Apostle was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they were already believers, but now let's stop, and I want you to turn around and ask your buddy something. You ready? I want you to ask this. The same question I was asked here, I want you to say, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you, have you received it? Is that good right there? It's all right. I already believe that you're a believer. I already believe that you're a disciple. I'm just asking you the question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Man, that's a good question, right? <laughs> I'm having more fun than I know what to do. <laughs> and they said to him, no, man. I put the man in there. No, we've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. We've not even heard about it. 
And maybe that's where you're at today. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. You just hadn't heard about it. There's things that you know that I haven't heard. Tell me. I want to learn. I want to grow. But I'm telling you what I've learned in the scriptures. Now, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he, and he said, into what then were you baptized? Let me, let me check you out here. What were you baptized? They said, oh, and they said, into John's baptism. And he knew who John was. That was John the baptizo, or John the baptizer, or John the baptist. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance. He, he's fleshing. He knew exactly who Johnny was. John baptized with the baptism of repentance. He was the forerunner before Christ. Telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus. Jesus was going through all the land. I mean, John was going crazy throughout the land, preaching the gospel of repentance. And they said, hey, we heard about him. We, that's when we became believers. <laughs> Telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They said, bro, I was baptized under John's baptism, but please dunk me again and put that name on me. I'm going to go down again, and, and, and I don't hear any pride here. I don't hear any spiritual pride. I don't go, well, I tell you what, I can't do that because I was raised this way. No, no, they just, they just said, hey. They just said, hey, I've never heard that before. That's awesome stuff. Where's the water? Let's do this deal. When they heard us, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak with tongues. Acts chapter 8, verse 17, they laid hands. Another, another opportunity that happened here. Laid hands on them, and they received the Spirit. A lot of people, I, man, I'm going way too long. I'm, I'm going right too long. But is this all right to hear today? Please, they go into overtime in every game, Astros, everything else like that. I'm not in overtime yet, but, boy, it's clicking. So listen to this. A lot of people, this confuses a lot of people, and I'll work this out real quick. A lot of people say this. Well, they get confused about saying the gift of tongues needs an interpretation. Now, that throws a lot of people because they say, well, man, I'm into that. I believe that. That's cool. That's good stuff. But I just don't have that gift because I think the gift needs an interpretation. Is that right? Yes and no. So let me explain that real quick. The, the Holy Ghost that was poured out that had a tongue with it in Acts chapter 2 had no interpretation. It didn't have interpretation. It was not there. It was not even a tongue that needed interpretation. What they're speaking of is people that have not studied and fleshed out, and the Bible says rightly divide the word of truth. In other words, don't just pick one thing and make a gospel out of it. You've got to divide the word of God. You've got to look at the word, whole word of God, right? What they're speaking of, and this is why I say yes and no, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. And there's, there's nine of those, and everybody say the gifts of the Spirit. That's good. That means you got to have the spirit to get the gifts. And the nine gifts, there's things in there like prophecy. There's things in there like preaching. There's things in there like uh, speaking in tongues. And then there's another gift to interpret that tongue. Everybody doesn't have that. That gift is to edify the body of the church. In other words, all nine gifts are to edify or lift up the church. So there's a tongue in the church. And there's an interpretation of the tongue. If the tongue is going by itself and there's no interpretation, does that edify the church? Absolutely not. And so in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he again gave guidelines for the church because this is what was happening. There was tons of tongue, tongues going on in the church. And guests were walking in and they were going, what is all these people doing? They cray cray. And so Paul stood up and said this, I would rather you speak now, I'm going to use it in my language. I'd rather you speak in English more than all this tongue stuff. Because when a guest walks in, they're thinking you're crazy. That's my terminology, but it's real close. And he said, this is what you need to do. I'm going to give you guidelines on the gifts of the Spirit. And so he says, this is what I need you to do. I need to put guidelines because it's gotten out of control in the church. And we've got to get back to our mission that we're about winning people to Christ. 
And so I'm going to have, we'll have at times there will be a tongue, but I'm also going to supply an interpretation. And if there's not an interpretation for that tongue, shut up. Now, I didn't make that up, so don't get offended at me. Get offended at Paul. He didn't use the word shut up, but it's real close. In other words, he said, can't keep doing that because it's confusing. It's throwing people off, so it needs an interpretation. And then he said this, even if it has interpretation, I don't want to go, he said, two, mm, well, maybe even three at the most times because that's what I've been in church services where they've had six of those and six interpretations. Their people have got to stay in the Bible. Is that all right? Got to stay in the Bible. Got to stay in the Word of God. So let's stay in the Word of God today. So there's a tongue that's got to be interpretation. But that is not the tongue that first fell in Acts chapter 2. If you notice when you read Acts chapter 2, it had no interpretation. It needed no interpretation. It was a sign for the believers that first came in the church. And so that is a different tongue. So does it need interpretation? Yes and no. Depends which tongue you're talking about. You're talking about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians, which is the epistles or the letters written to figure out how to govern the churches. Yes, it needs that. And you're going to have the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, but they all come from having, being filled with the Spirit, and that was the original time it fell in the book of Acts. All right, I know I'm going too long, but I'm having so much fun. Kevin, bring your wife up here. Uh, Brandon, bring your wife up here. Uh, I need some, Andrew, bring your wife up here. Eric, bring your wife up here. Four couples, real quick. I'm just going to demonstrate something real quick, and then we're, we're going to move on. I'm going to just tell you right now, we're going to overtime. All right, I'll, I'll come up here. That's what I want you to do. I want the dude to stand here and the dudette to stand right here. And, and, and like this, right here, okay? All right, Brandon, stand right there. Courtney, stand right here. Be real close to him because, yeah, right here. Just stand and face me. Come here. I know y'all. I'm grabbing you because here we go. All right, and get just far enough apart, not, uh, yeah, all right, that you, you, that you can reach out and touch him. All right, here we go, but don't do it right now. All right, <laughs> now the rest of y'all get in the same Spot like that. Just just spread out, but get get like them, okay? Would y'all do that? Awesome. So this is what we're going to do. This is the Holy Spirit given to believers. Are y'all all believers? Yeah. Oh, we're going to work on them. We're going to work on them. We're going to work on them. All right, so Brandon, you're the, you're the, you're the believer. Say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I want you to say, I'm a receiver. Believer. Very good. Dudes? Awesome. Y'all get it? All right, here we go. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the same verse in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. I'm going to read the first part, which is to the believer, and the second part of the receiver. And then this is going to be a real romantic time. When y'all receive, I want you to reach out and touch hands. It's going to be beautiful. All right? So we're going to come together. The believer and the receiving is going to come together, and it does in the Word of God. Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, this is the believer, and these signs shall follow them that believe. All right? Same verse. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. That is believing. Then once they believe her, they receive. Y'all, 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 yeah. Oh, so sweet. So sweet. All right, so the believer, here we go. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. That's believing and receiving. He believed first, and then he received this new tongue. That's pretty cool, right? All right, here we go, Eric. Here we go. John chapter 7, verse 38 through 39. He that believeth on me. What are you? He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You ready, girl? But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on should receive. Bing! You hear that? Isn't that good? I don't know if this describes it good, but this is the best way I can think about it. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. You ready? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. That's believing stuff, okay? And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. This, this is just so sweet up here. All right, here we go. Ephesians 1 and 13. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also... After that ye believed, listen to this, receiving, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Y'all get it? You see the connection? 
You have to believe. Everybody walks in here today and you're a believer. You're believing on the Lord. You probably wouldn't have showed up today unless you were a believer. If you haven't believed yet, we're not here to kick you out. We're saying welcome to the family, man. Come on, be a believer. We love it. you got to have faith. Be a believer. And then you shall receive. It goes again together. Y'all did a wonderful job. Y'all look cute, but the marriage seminar is over. Go down, all right? All right. Now, listen to me closely. I am not... I know you're watching them, but I need you to hear what I'm about to say. I am not here to argue if tongues is a necessity or not. I'm here to ask you why wouldn't you want to speak in tongues as if it's available to you. It's two different approaches. I can stand up here and beat the tar out of everybody, and we can lose the whole glory of getting it. It's about the approach. And if you're currently in freedom, you understand what I'm saying. It's all about the approach. Peter called it a gift. All right? Peter called it a gift. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's a gift. It's a glorious thing. But I'm not here to argue. I don't want to get argument. People sometimes do not get the gift because they spend all their time in the arguing match. Well, I don't know. Do I have to do it or don't do it? Do it? And you're going, I miss the beauty of it. You miss. You're in the wrong tree, right, freedom people? You're in the wrong tree. You got you to get out. You got to get in the right tree. And, 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 and all of a sudden you say, hey, if it's for me, I want it. And so instead of me going, well, I'll tell you what, I just think is but just if it's for you, do you want it? If you're a believer, why wouldn't you want it? I have been filled with it. I was filled in third grade, but I honestly believe I'm 49 years of age, and I've not been filled with it. If I had not been filled with the Spirit, I wouldn't stand around arguing against it. That's because you're wanting to control it, or you don't want it to take control of you. I'm saying this: quit arguing about the necessity and all that stuff. And get back to the heart of what the Word of God says it, and that is it's for everybody. Come on, somebody. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Don't get hung up in the bushes and the weeds and lose people because your terminology or lose people about the, your language that you use. Has your language helped you thus far? It's gotten you in a lot of trouble. Why don't you try a new language? And that is it is a gift. If you want it, you can have it. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Woo. And by the way, I want to say this. Being filled with the Spirit is not getting your graduation papers as a Christian. It's not like I'm pursuing the gift. I got it. Lazy mode. Come on, I'm preaching to all of us right there on that one. It's not your graduation papers. It's your birthing are your birth papers welcome now go be a witness use your power your love and your sound mind to change the world that you influence around you amen man come up i need some i need some beard up here or something now go live for him and be, let the spirit be your comfort and guide and welcome to the ride. Welcome to the spirit roller coaster. You'll be down. Well, yeah, baby. Uh huh. You'll be in sitting in your devotion and studying. All of a sudden, from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head. Now I know it sounds a little cray cray. You'll feel something move all over yeah. you, and you can't hardly contain it. And, 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 and all of a sudden, the Spirit's job description is to reach in the word, Logos, Word of the Lord, pull out a rhema and speak direction of life. All of a sudden, the Word of God comes alive in your life. Keep living in it, growing in it. If it's gotten old in your life, if it's gotten old on your life, stir up the gift that is within you. Amen? Get, get refilled. Get refilled. Get retouched by the Lord. If you've been baptized, you don't need to be baptized again. But if you've lost the Spirit, you need to be refilled with the Spirit. You only have to be baptized once, but you, you want to keep getting an infilling of the Spirit. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you wasn't baptized, place the name of Jesus into you. Welcome that. We'll do that in a heartbeat in your life. We'll dunk you. We'll dunk you. <laughs> now, I'm gonna, I had a little something hit me, and I was thinking about this, and this is kind of kooky and funny, but we're trying to make the, we're trying to really open this up and make it really understandable. I was... This past year, 
This past summer, my girls, Macy and Paige, we took them on their graduation senior trip, and we took them to Colorado, Buena Vista, Colorado, beautiful, beautiful country, beautiful country. And uh, <laughs> I, I was there, and uh, we, uh, the girls took a couple girls with them, and we, uh, we took Scott with us, and we was down there, and, and we, all, we, all, we all had a, had a blast, but one day we rode the rapids, and we, we got in a raft, and in fact, Maddie went with us. Maddie, wave at us over here. This is Maddie. And this is a picture of, of Maddie riding the rapids. Oh, I'm sorry, Maddie. That wasn't that. I put the wrong picture up there, Maddie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Maddie. I was going through my pictures, and I accidentally put that picture. That was supposed to be riding the rapids. I'm sorry. Media, you talk to the media team. Something's wrong with them. Oh, sorry about that, Maddie. Sorry about that, Maddie. This was... I really don't know what she was doing. She was having a, I don't really know what she was doing. Really not sure, but it scared me really bad. <laughs> but we got out on this raft. And all of us were, were, were on the raft. And, and then here's an actual picture of us as the, the, the team that were, that were going on the raft. We had, we had our fearless worship pastor, Scott Popek. You can tell he is... He is ready. He's fired up. It's in his eye. He's ready to take on the world. You have Macy. She's amazing. You've got the painted face woman, Maddie. You've got Alec, who's just happy to be with a bunch of girls. You've got one of their friends from school. You've got my awesome sweet Paigey. You've got the hottest girl, best-looking girl in the world. And then you have a bodybuilder that we had brought along with us here on the far right. That's, I got a cap on, but that's actually me. <clears throat> so we're about to go to the rapids, and then I'll show you a picture of what we were about to ride. This is, the, this is what we were, we were about to ride. It was crazy. It was wild. We had this raft. They took, showed us how to do all this stuff, put us in all this gear. The water was really cold. We jumped in this raft, and it was a crazy ride, crazy ride. But we got to a certain little place in the river, and our, each, each boat had a guide with it. It was really rough, and um, he said, all right, girls. All the, he had all the girls in the, his boat, which meant our boat was a little quieter that day. And so they jumped out into the, into the waters. Maddie jumped into the waters, and Macy and Paige all jumped in the waters. Now, we're the boat behind them watching them. Maddie jumped into the water, and it's kind of a calm area. And there was supposed to be a time to swim, and it's really cold. And they're like, oh, you know. Matt, everybody else gets back in the boat except Maddie. She weighs, soaking wet, she weighs 80 pounds. And she just hits, all of a sudden, she takes so long that the current just takes. <laughs> and Maddie realizes that this is not turning out good, and the fight of her life. Is about to take on. It was awesome. I mean, it's flailing. <laughs> I mean, she is, and she's got. She has a life jacket on, but she forgot. But she, 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 she's just flailing. I mean, it's it's taking her away. She's she's forever gone. And, and we're we're going, Maddie, 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 get in the boat. And she's in the fight of her life. I'm trying to get in the boat. And she's trying to get in the boat. And the other boat, we're kind of laughing. I'm sorry. And, 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 and all of a sudden, something came over Maddie. She quit fighting the river and started yielding to it. She stops fighting. And we're like, Maddie? And she just starts floating. And she gets this peaceful look. We laughed about it after that. She's like, bring it home. She's just floating. I don't know if she thought she was about to die. I really don't know. But this peace, this everlasting peace. And she quit fighting. And she just started yielding to the river. And they were able to float right over her. And the captain grabbed her and pulled her in the boat. A lot of people approach the spirit the way Maddie approaches the spirit. They jump into the water, and they test the water a little bit, and then they, they feel a little something. Whoa, never felt that before. Oh, God. 
I'm not coming back to that church. I felt something I never felt. He's getting cray-cray. And then the moment happens when the river, the Bible talks about the river and symbolically talks about the river and the spirit. And there hits a moment when somebody just finally yields. And when they yield to the river, you can see it the moment happens. It's quit fighting over it. It's quit trying to figure it out. It's quit arguing the necessity or not. It's quit doing, getting past all the arguments and start yielding to the gift. And all of a sudden, a peace comes over them. And now, they're not just in the river. The river's in them. And they yield to the river. And it's at that moment that the captain says, come on in the church. Get back in the boat. Everything's going to be all right. Come on in and let the power of the church grab hold of you. Ride with us. Now we're going to about to take on the rapids of all of life through the power of what we receive in the river. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. And pray.